0: Welcome to the Tabletop Submarine, where we dive a little bit deeper into why we love board games. Strap in and prepare for a deep sea adventure. You're your host. Listeners, voyagers, and friends alike, welcome to the Tabletop Submarine Podcast. It is so good to have you here with us today. As always, my name is Josh. With me is my number one co-host. I'm Andrew, and uh, welcome to our Gen Con episode. I didn't get to go to Gen Con this year, uh, Andrew did, but with all the posts on Facebook and all the different like videos I've been seeing, I feel like I was there in spirit. And physically that manifested in the form of Con Crud, because Andrew, I have been sick the past week ever since Gen Con ended, so I'm directly attributing the bad mojo of me not committing myself to Gen Con to me getting Con Crud, even though I was thousands of miles away. So, if I sound a little bit weird in this episode that's or cough <laughs> like I'm doing it right now, that's
1: why. <laughs>
2: yeah, you got all the crud and none of the fun. But uh, at the same time, I did feel like there was a lot of media coverage this year. I feel like this was the back to normal year. Like me and 70,000 of my closest friends were all hanging out in one place, and uh, it felt like what Gen Con used to be. Um, but I felt like, on top of all that, it felt like it got covered. Like it used to be, there were plenty of people who were doing videos and TikToks and recaps and all the things, and I was there in the middle of it, and I feel so very blessed.
0: I mean, yeah, really, it 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 almost was like a like someone lit a torch in the tabletop pantheon mm-hmm. or the tabletop, you know, echelon, saying, "Hey, you know, we're back to normalcy. Maybe, maybe we're back to normalcy now after what four or five years of you know living through a pandemic and." Everything else has happened in the world. We're starting to get a sense of normalcy again. You know, It, it was just good to see over, you know, over 71,000 is the number people there enjoying our hobby together. And yes, tons of media coverage, but you were there. How is it being in such a swath of people again?
2: It was a little jarring. I will fully admit that. But it was also more crowded last year than it was this year. So they did a better job um spreading things out and I I don't know how they did that or maybe they just made the aisles wider or something like that because last year I felt like when I walked in I was walking in a wave of people and trying to work my way through mask and all uh this year I felt like it felt like a normal level of crowded versus a high level of crowded which is great and the high turnout is spectacular uh, we tell stories in this podcast, and one of my favorite stories from Gen Con is the fact that a bunch of publishers were running out of product. They had sold so many in the first day and the second day that they managed amongst them to get a company to go get a truck and load it up truck with a bunch of product and then drive it up to Gen Con and drop it off so they could have more to sell so they didn't run out from their booths. Phenomenal. I believe it was PSI was the distribution channel. And I know a bunch of publishers got in and took stuff from the warehouse and got it the thing and were able to sell a whole lot more because of it. And these things exist because the publishers are making money. And the support from this comes from them. So for those people who got a chance to purchase these products first time and, and grab them and take them home and enjoy them, congratulations to you. But also, you are keeping this industry afloat on some level as well. So, thank you for that.
0: I mean, yeah, this was this was so good to see. Like, I was looking at you know Scott Morris and Alex Cutler, mm-hmm. who are acquaintances of ours, and twentieth um, century. Alex being yeah, Chad, Chad talking about it too. You know, all these people who we know are to- posting on Facebook. You know. <laughs> Thank you, PSI, for overnighting this stuff. It's just good to see, you know, people buying board games. And, you know, what's funny is that I didn't feel like there there were, like, some good releases. Like, I didn't feel like there was anything, like, majorly happening going on, except for the obvious. I was going to say, you can't
2: can't do that. That's not right. Yeah, we had the Arcana, (laughs) which was a debacle the first day, organized the second day. And was under control the third day so that was really good uh we had a number of publishers selling out immediately though i mean like arcane wonders and i mean publishers like world wonders sold out in the first hour of the first day of a hotness like that absolutely was one of the top hotness and then you know boop sold out (laughs) within an hour every day they had it so they had it bracketed off to have every day an equal portion and that sold out every day first thing. So congratulations, Scott Brady, former guest in the show, was kicking butt again, doing amazing things. It was a great show for a lot of people. One of the highlights for me was, well, actually, we should probably start dropping clips if we're going to start talking about parts of the show.
0: Yeah, let's let's save that. Let's save this, that for later on. Let's go into a pre-lunch really quick, and let's talk about some games we've been playing recently. Okay. The pre-launch. Get to know us and our guest. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say what games I was playing over the weekend While yes, you were in the wonderful world of Indianapolis, enjoying Gen Con. I was so jealous. I was really <laughs> mad that I I I will say this right now, I was pretty sad that I was not there. I, I it, this is it's just not it's not a matter of like I couldn't get a ticket, like I had plenty of people I could have volunteered for mm-hmm. and spent time yep. with. I could have probably found someone to stay with. It's just taking time off of work and with lots of stuff I'm doing right now, it just wasn't making sense. But I was able to play some games. I was able to play some games. I was able to play a game that I had very little intention of playing, but I'm glad I did at least this first part of it. I was able to actually sit down with some friends and walk through a game of Kingdom Death Monster. Ooh. So, yeah, I because of what I knew about the game, I had very little interest in playing it. It was kind of a dark very mature fantasy, and sometimes I like that, sometimes I don't. But I had a uh, have a friend group. We meet every week and play some games. And one of the older gentlemen, Wanda, he has, he's retired and has a million dollars, so he has like the giant, <laughs> big box of Kingdom Death Monster minis all painted. Good for him. And so we we yeah nope, he he killed it in life, and so he's enjoying it now. Good. So we get there on Wednesday night, and he has his big chest. We know we're gonna play Kingdom Death Monster, and Kingdom Death Monster just to play one round is incredibly long. So we only did the combat part, and we're gonna probably do a, a a civilization, whatever it's called, a settlement phase in a later date. But the combat in King Death Monster, what you're you're basically playing the start of a civilization. It has this really actually interesting lore where you wake up in a cave with a bunch of faces made of stone, and you're all all these people are like trying to figure out who they are and stuff. And then a lion attacks you,
1: hmm. and
0: so you all you have is like a sharp piece of stone to attack back. That's kind of the story behind it. Then you go through a very long, long campaign of fighting different monsters. It's a boss battler.
2: So just real quickly here, let me interrupt you to say that if I wake up and all I have is a sharp stone to fight off a lion, I think the story ends pretty quickly. How'd you pull that off?
0: So that's, yeah, that's, it does. It does end very quickly. <laughs> so um, we so the, it's a very, very difficult game. The first encounter, which is the easiest encounter, um, I could see how people could really get into this game. The combat system, even though we're just starting, I could see the nuances of having materials. Some of these materials are expendable; like you can keep using them for a small advantage, or use them for one big advantage. Um, you want the way you can buffer and shield yourself is very interesting. I'm not going to get into everything because this is a very, 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 very deep and in-depth game. And luckily, we had someone teaching us how to do it. I'll say this. I really enjoyed the time like it it was I have a great story behind this I don't want to share because I want to get to our clips but basically involved me I threw my knife my little stone shard first thing in the battle everyone else was rolling terribly Hmm. with their starp stones the game I was punching this lion over and over again and getting critical hits and it was just felt wonderful to roll those dice and get crits I'm just punching it so great it's a great story I'd love to tell a different time but this is a, this is a fun game. Okay. Like I totally, I totally get it. Like how some people I know in the hobby really only play kingdom death monster. I totally get it. And even though it's, I wouldn't see myself buying it. If someone asked me to play, I'd be more than willing to play. Hmm. Um, I, this is a game you want to get if you are willing to, if you're looking for something like maybe warhammer 30 K or maybe something like a little more darker, like Age of Sigmar. Okay. Or Dungeons and Dragons, but don't want to have like a role playing session and stuff like okay, that. Okay, so it's the, more of a role-play.
2: tactical mini series than a, a role playing game.
0: Yeah, like it's not like army based, but like you put together the miniatures and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and you're building a story together. Like it's a, like it's a, I understand it's a lifestyle game. This is a game you dedicate a lot of time to, but that, that, that's Kingdom Death Monster. Okay. I, I don't have the publisher in front of me, but that's Kingdom Death Monster. Andrew, tell me about some of the games you're playing at Gen Con.
2: So I was very privileged to be interviewed by Board Game Rundown. And so I was on that show and I had a conversation. If you want to check that out, I highly recommend it. It's a really good conversation. Great
0: show, by the way. Great show. Um,
2: and then that evening, I was fateful enough to walk into a room where they were playing a game. And so I walked over to the table and said hello and thanks. And they invited me to play. So I jumped down and play. Can you guess just out of the wild possible previous guests that we've had, which game I played
0: previous guests that we've had. Yes. This is a designer of, of
2: a game that we've previously had on the show. Okay. Maybe this is not good I'm radio. Gl- Let me try this again.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I'm going to take two guess- I'm going to take three guesses. Okay. okay? Go ahead. Hughes and in cues.
2: No, but good guess.
0: Boop. Not I, no. Cutthroat caverns. No. Okay. I'm out. I'm out of guesses. What was, what'd you playing?
2: I finally got to play Seppi Yoon's previous title. Processing, a game of serving humanity. Oh, gosh. This game (laughs) is completely bizarro, wacky, wonderful. Uh, So essentially, you are choosing cows and hipsters. And you're choosing who gets probed, who gets processed, and who gets let free. Oh, gosh. This is the game. (laughs) Um, But it's a deduction-style game where like, you have a hidden set of goals that you're trying to accomplish. And then you play your tokens to do those things for different cards. And then there's a majority rule what actually happens. And then those go to different spots. And then you score points based on how accurately you guessed what was going to happen with your goal cards. So it's, it's how well you can negotiate the room and, win over the majorities and put things where they're supposed to go it was actually a wonderful little game for a group of six people it was actually a lot of fun so Seppi, bing that's a winner for me fun interesting and the
0: jokes about probes do not end well since let's get into what people are here to talk about let's get and talk about the people where you were able to interview at gen con and what their favorite experience was so let's head straight into the dive okay so our first clip let's go ahead let's not let's not true code it you were walking around interviewing a bunch of people mm-hmm. let's get into our first clip and we'll talk about it
1: i was summoned to play sagrada and in the beginning when reading the instructions i didn't understand any of it and i thought i will never be able to play this game this game is beyond my intelligence and then when i got to the last part of the instruction it all clicked And then as I started rolling the die and playing around, it started to become so clear and so beautiful. And I was having this epiphany of gratitude of being able to realize how much smarter I am than I thought I was. And then I was like, and the people that created this are geniuses and I am becoming a genius with them. And it's so beautiful. And it was like legitimately a ceremony similar to an ayahuasca experience to me of acknowledgement that I am so capable of experiencing a complex-seeming game board with friends. And it's really powerful to have that power, you know, to, to feel like you have that power in your hands. And at the same time, commune with another. It was just a beautiful experience. And now Sagrada is my favorite game, <laughs> until further notice. My name is Mariana Rocha, and I am a newbie gamer. Thank you.
0: This is her first time you'll Really getting exposed to yeah. the full brunt of the hobby. How This may not be a name many people know about, but she's an actress, correct? Like, can you explain who she is? So
2: she's an actress, a writer, and an upcoming filmmaker. Uh, she's got a premiere coming out called O, oh, and she's just a wonderful soul. And apparently she just discovered the hobby of modern board games. Yeah, so essentially, you don't have to be a veteran gamer to go to Gen Con. This was a person who went to the Gen Con just on a whim, just decided to show up and check out the scene and have a life experience. And they just happened to play Sagrada. And really and truly, that game is a modern classic, in my opinion, not just because it's a phenomenal design, but because I think it really does bring people into the hobby who have never played hobby or never played, played a, a modern board game and I think it's a great introduction not only in the mechanics and the skill set but also because it does allow you to create something beautiful
0: yeah we can't let Daryl hear this clip it might go to his head
2: <laughs> uh, he was sitting at the table next to her <laughs> while she was telling <laughs> <story>. <laughs> I'm fairly sure he might be the one who taught her how to play I don't know 100% but yeah it's pretty funny
0: did she know that he was the designer
2: I don't know if she knew it when she played it, but she definitely knew it later on.
0: Yeah. (laughs) She's saying, oh, these are geniuses, they're all just sitting there (laughs) trying to get, oh gosh, that's hilarious. Well, let's, before I digress more, let's get into the next clip.
3: And my name is Ryan Schoon. I'm from Man vs. Meeple, and this is the story that I want to tell. The year was 2022, and John D. Clare took a bunch of us content creators up to a hotel room to show us his new game, Ready, Set, Bet. We all kind of walked up there, kind of eyeballing each other. It was Dan King, board game geek. It was Rob Rouse from Blue Bag, Pink Peg, a bunch of dice tower people. And John is teaching us this game, and he's telling us, "Oh, you kind of want to stand up. You kind of want to get around the table." And we're all side eyeing each other, like, "Is this for real? Like, this is not how we play games." He's teaching us these rules, and we're all kind of like very skeptical in the back of our minds, like, "This game does not look fun." This game does, like, it's a betting game. It's a real-time betting game. This is not up our ally, alley at all. So John stands up. We stand up. Five minutes later, we are shouting at each other. We are high-fiving. We are throwing chips on the board. John is calling these horses like he is a professional horse caller and that ended up being not only one of my favorite moments of the year at Gen Con it ended up being one of my favorite Gen Con moments of all time so John if you're listening I'm so sorry that we were all so skeptical because that ended up being such a fun game and it just just won party game of the year and it's won a ton of awards since
0: that would be ready set bet really is kind of taking off as kind of a convention game yeah just of how it how, how it works really well in a ruckus situation.
2: Yeah, and this is exactly the kind of experience I'm hoping to have at Gen Con. Mm-hmm. So I want to play those games that I'm not gonna play at home with just my wife and I. That does that not gonna work for that game. That game is a convention game, a group game, a party game, but also a raucous game. And I can't imagine walking into a situation where I didn't know what was going on and having that game evolve out in front of me. That is just so cool and so amazing, and I, I want moments like that going forward.
0: Okay, let's hear from former submarine alum, Justin Bell. So I was at the
4: Asthma Day party last night, and I was talking to some other content creators, and this guy walks up to us and he's like, hey everybody, I'm Alan. All of us kind of froze up like, hey Alan, uh, how you doing? And he was an older gentleman. We didn't know what to say. And so we were like, shook his hand. And then, then he walked away. And then someone popped over. And they were like, hey, who was that? We all kind of froze. Like, we don't know who that was. And then Rob Davio cleared it up for us. Alan Moon, who is the creator of Ticket to Ride, yep. just kind of said hello. And then walked away. And that's what happens at Gen Con. You get to meet all the designers of all the games you were playing back in the day. And they just say hi. Like, like, like we're supposed to know who they are. And that's happened to me four or five times already this week. Another guy walked up and was like, hey, I'm Adam. Have you seen my new game? Of course, I froze again. Like, okay, Adam, tell me more. In fact, it was Adam Kupinski, who has designed Nemesis and Origins First Builders and um, Murder on the Orient Express with the Cthulhu version, which is coming out in 2025. But he played like I'm supposed to know who he was. And so after I realized who he was, he gave me a teach of Lords of Ragnarok, his newest game. And he's just a very, very humble guy. Gen Con. You get to meet a bunch of stars and you have no idea why.
0: How? What? It just happens naturally in Indianapolis. That's
1: what's up.
0: So I'll, another reason why I was really mad that I couldn't be at Gen Con, Alan R. Moon was there and I probably would have met him if I had stuck around you and followed you around. (laughs) Yeah. So
2: (laughs) I got a great selfie with the man and I, and I had a chance to shake his hand and and say, thank you on behalf of the entire industry and all the people who are basically exploring board games because of him. And he was very grateful, but also I told him about my family's love for union Pacific. This is a game that most people don't know about. And this is a game that I spent many years playing at the end of the night after playing a big game, going down to this game. And apparently uh, this is not breaking news, but they are working on a re-release. So we don't know when that's going to happen. But also, Alan has decided, I think he wants to be on the show. So I'm still working on making that happen.
0: Yeah, so if you are praying, people, say a prayer that we can get him on. <laughs> and if you're not, send good vibes our way. Awesome. Let's get to the next clip, which is Corey Corey Thompson. Oh man, this Gen Con was absolutely insane. We pulled in
4: some celebrities for the above board celeb show. We had uh, we had Clark Gregg. We had uh, Chris Parnell. We had I'm um, um- we had just so many cool celebrities here, and it was absolute chaos. The show was a success. Everybody's talking about Above Board. The games are amazing. I haven't Every time I go, everything's sold out because I've spent meetings the whole time. Uh, this was the biggest Gen Con in a long, long time. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I, I really think that it says something that the Above Board crew was able to get people Oh, that caliber of celebrity Mm -hmm. to come to Gen Con and perform like these are like the people they got weren't some like D list celebrities. These are names that like I knew every single one of them was like, wow, they really got those people to come. So like, you know, good on Corey and his team for actually doing that. Not only that, but those people were
2: walking around the convention hall and they were not mobbed. They were literally geeks amongst geeks walking around checking out the newest hottest games and the, the merchandise and the funky clothing and the cosplay and all the things like that so they were they were there to enjoy it as well um and i i don't know if a lot of people knew the above board crowd before this but also the fact that they managed to pull off this kind of event really raised a lot of awareness and so i hope they're going to get a, a more cult following going forward
0: yeah, it, it must be. I wonder how it was with celebrities. Like, usually you get people like that at like the comic conventions or like San Diego Comic Con or Fenex where people are looking mm-hmm. for those kind of people to like kind of mob and take a picture with. I wonder how, I wonder if they felt weird because people were just more focused on the board games. They were looking at like, ah, just, just funny. But either way, I hope they have more of these shows in the future.
2: All right, this is Googs. We're at Gen Con 2023. My story for the con. Uh, has to do with Mission Control and two different things. We had an event on Friday and Saturday. Uh, We had some uh, content creators going up against each other and challenging each other. It went really well. Uh, Surprising ending. Uh, You might have to go on and look at Danielle Standring's um, TikToks. You might have to go look up Grant Lyon to see how they were uh, baiting each other into some stuff. Um, It was interesting to see how Team Red and Team Blue reacted uh, and the taunting that was going on throughout the thing. And then to take that one step further to see Mission Control actually being released um, and have Corey and Donnie, the co-designers, be here while people are like, this is great, I wanna buy it. Uh seeing their face with their with their their game that they put their
0: blood, sweat, and tears in um was really it's just awesome to see that kind of stuff happen. So for my Gen Con, that's my biggest takeaway. You know, no there are very few people that make me as happy to see them as Googs does. Yeah. I mean, we're we're like it's not where we're good acquaintances. We see each other every time we come but I just smile every time I see him. He just has a good, he has good vibes. He just emits good vibes.
2: He really does. He radiates positivity and joy. And that man can hug. Let me tell you what, sometimes you get you hug and it's like a half-ass <laughs> hug. You kind of like get a, a little bit of a, yeah, we touched, but whatever, no big deal. He like brings it in fully. He like is like, yeah, let's, let's a little hug it out. And I love that. That's mm-hmm. so great. Um, And he always wants to take a picture with you, which is so fun because I always forget to take pictures. But on top of that, he's producing amazing games right now. I'm really truly stuff of legend is great. Uh, This mission control game is doing really well. The charcuterie game was blowing up. People are playing that left and right. So he's got hit after hit coming out and he's going to just keep doing better. I have no doubts. So,
5: my name is Jason Harris. I'm a game designer. I'm actually working with Andrew on several games. And we've got our first game signed with uh, 25th Century coming out soon. So, uh, yeah, so my, my board game story is uh, Twilight Imperium. First and only time I've ever played Twilight Imperium. I'm sure lots of people know, very, very long game. It's a whole day experience. We, pre, we, we did a little preloading. We all picked our races and everything like that. We were all set up and knew exactly what we wanted to do. The game still lasted five hours and it only lasted five hours because one person said, I have to go home. (laughs) And all of us just threw a fit. We said, we cannot end this game, it is so tense. We were just getting to the point where it's actually really getting after five hours. So what we did was the two top players that had the most points at the time, we decided, okay, this is how we're gonna decide the game. And we're all gonna, gonna agree on this. We're gonna flip the top objective card and whoever can fulfill that wins the game. And it just so happens that you, we flip the card and it says, whoever is in the, is it what a mega, what was the center of the board? The the little center location, whoever owns that area is gonna win the game, and it was not me. <laughs> I had the most, I, I was tied for the most points and I was doing the most efficient job, it's very streamlined, I felt really good about my chances and then a card flip decided, Twilight Imperium. So, a five-hour game ended on a card flip. Man, I would get mad. <laughs> I think.
0: <laughs> I, I, I mean, if you're going to play Twilight Imperium, you got to play it, it right,
2: right? Which means you got to play at a convention, and you got to not worry what time you're going to bed. But, that said, in a group of that size, if one person decides to tank the game, they tank the game. I think I'd have let the guy go and just let his race sit there. You know, like... Consider them to be in pause mode or just hanging out and then let people take them over. Or what, I don't know. I, I, there's no there's real great, great way, answer yeah. to that. But yeah, I think that these are the kind of games, though, that you want to play at a convention with people who are as passionate as you, as involved as you, and wanting
0: to have that experience. Absolutely. Let's dive into the next clip. Chris Goodlit with the Board Game Charity. I think one of
3: my favorite things about the con is every year just being able to see all my friends. Um, We run this event, and this event is simply just to basically, I, I can't go to every single meetup. I can't go to every single event. I can't go to every single thing. But I love to have this where we can all just gather in one place. I can say hi. I can feel that warmth. And then also we celebrate like a nonprofit. And the big nonprofit for us was the spiel. And it was awesome. Our community is a beautiful community. We raised over $1,200 for the charity. And that just, it warms my heart. I mean, I don't always enjoy uh, going to conventions, but I think the thing that I like the most,
0: so is seeing the people that bring me happiness. So charity and charity and board games, they apparently raised a good amount of money. What was your experience in interacting with that?
2: I was there for it. It was kind of cool. One of the reasons they raised the money is because they had a gauntlet of, uh, game like elements that players would pay $5 and then try to race through accomplishing all the things in successive order. And the winner got a prize. And, uh, so that was cool that they were able to raise money for that. Also cool to see the elements of your childhood games. Like, perfection and, you know, ring toss and all these different things you got to try to accomplish in a, in a gauntlet. It was kind of fun. And then of course the room was just filled with people playing all sorts of games. We were playing code names in the corner, a group of four on four. And that was a lot of fun too. So yeah, I'm really happy to see that, uh, it raised that kind of money for a good cause. And it's not like that's the only charitable
0: contribution. Yeah, speaking of which, our next clip talks about more things that are happening as far as charity goes.
4: Hey, Stephen Bonacore, the podfather of gaming. And at Gen Con, I think the greatest memory I have here is of the Magic for a Cause show that is done by Caleb Wiles. The guy is amazing. He is, quote, not professional as a magician because he doesn't make money. All the money he takes in goes to charity. And it's absolutely astonishing the close-up magic that he can do. He did it in front of about 50 people last year. He had 300 this year. And if you can ever go and see one of his shows and donate some money, because the money goes to Extra Life, Caleb Wiles, check him out online. It's called Magic for a Cause, a wonderful
0: thing that happens now at Origins and at Gen Gun. Bye, everyone. It's kind of nice we're able to get two of my other two of my bosses on the <laughs> podcast today, you know, cuz I do the editing for Board Games Insider. Uh, Steven always a great guy and always magicians at Gen- I mean there's that's one weird thing. It's also a nice thing about GenCon is that there is a lot of other things to do besides play board games did you get a chance to see any of this magician did you get a chance to see any of this magician stuff
2: i didn't but i'm also one of the privileged people that i actually have a magician's showcase in my neighborhood so those are the kind of things that i get to see (laughs) four or five times a year anyway so but that that's what gen con is it's a chance to go see the things you don't normally see or participate in the things you don't normally do it and if you've never seen a magician up close who's really talented it will blow your mind so highly recommend that as well even though i've never seen it
0: we well, let's head to our last clip. I'm Daryl Andrews, designer of a
2: few different games like Sagrada and Dark Knight Returns. And my story is about a, one of my favorite times of Gen Con, and it happened on August 5th of 2023, when I got to celebrate with Andrew Styles and some people and got to play CS Strife, and connect and enjoy and celebrate that we got to work together and we have a future of making games together and uh, celebrate with good people and slow down in the chaos and busyness of Gen Con. So that's my story. One of my best Gen Cons.
0: Man, Daryl was brown-nosing you. Holy <laughs> cow. I don't know why. but <laughs> How was it seeing Daryl again? It was great.
2: And to be fair, what he was trying to say was live in this moment, right? Like whatever... It's the kind of the clip, what he was trying to say was live in the moment, enjoy the moments you're in. And he was in that moment. So he was saying, this is my new favorite memory, whatever not. But it's also the the lack of FOMO, the complete rejection of FOMO, the wherever I am, that's the place to be. Wherever I am, that's the element and memory I'm making in that moment. And we had a really wonderful brunch and we had a really wonderful camaraderie and moment. We took two hours out and did almost nothing except chat about games and hang out. And that was really great. Um, It will be something I won't forget anytime soon, but it's a personal thing. And I think sometimes you get into Gen Con and you go to these things and it's running from place to place and every part of it is amazing, but also forgettable. So slow down and enjoy and take those things in and, and be okay with only experiencing one twentieth of Gen Con instead of pushing yourself to see two twentieths of it.
0: So we weren't able to get all the stories into this this story, this uh this one podcast. We would talk to Justin Aram, he shared stories about playing with his kids. We had Tim Aberley, who interviewed you on board game rundown. Mm-hmm. We were able to get him, but his clip was you know full of stories, and we're not gonna be able to Jam pack it in to one. You know, forty-five minute to an hour episode because we don't want we don't want to go over that, and that's a nightmare for editing for me. <laughs> but if you were able to talk to Andrew and contribute a clip, and you weren't in it, we want to thank you anyway for, you know, making our experience me here at home and GenCon and Andrew at Gen Con, that much better. What were your takeaways though from this Gen Con after talking with all these people and meeting all the people who weren't interviewed on the podcast, Andrew?
2: I think my takeaway of this was one, back to semi-normal, right? Like, I won't say it's fully normal, but it's semi-normal. Another thing is, it's just as big as you can possibly imagine. Uh, As I was going around this one and taking a first timer with me, he was just in awe of everything around and couldn't process fully all the stuff that was going on or where the things were or things to see and there are so many cool hidden elements too like if you're not into rpgs you would not even know that half the hall upstairs and around the corner has nothing but rooms of people playing rpgs for multiple hours like you just wouldn't know that you wouldn't see that and you know there are all sorts of things going on off campus too. It doesn't have to be at the convention center. You can go to restaurants and bars and there are people playing games there and having drinks and having a good time and chatting and socials It like the be creative social was a spectacular event. Um, and that was invite only, but yet seemed like half of Gen Con invited themselves. So that was also kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> and you can only be so gatekeeper-y, you know, like, but at the same time it was wonderful. And even if you're going there and you have no idea what you're doing, you have no idea where to go, just wander. You will stumble upon things. You will find things. You know, you could spend your whole time just demoing the new hot games and checking out all the new stuff like that. That would be a wonderful way to spend your time. You could literally be in line at lunch and have a conversation with the person in front of you and they would invite you to play a game. And the next thing you know, you're playing a mega game. You're playing Twilight Imperium. You don't know what you could get into. You don't know what you could be a part of. And that's okay, too. There's just no shortage of wonderful chances and experiences if you leave yourself open to them.
0: Awesome. Let's go ahead. and No, we're not going to do a sonar segment today. So let's go (laughs) back to the service and wrap this thing up. Well, Voyagers thing i want to say to this if you ever see us at a convention please say hi i yes. know that andrew has his fans he gets <laughs> said hi to you know he, he he andrew gets his face out more than i do i keep i, I just don't for no no reason whatsoever it just doesn't happen you're the guy running so, the but, ship
2: you're, you're at the helm you're handling it you i get it i yeah i get to smile and wave from the backseat of the car in the parade that's how that works
0: that's exactly it so <laughs> it's that's okay i don't mind being the engine man i've, I've always kind of been that way But if you're at a convention and you want to say hi to us, please say hi. We're more than welcome to talk to you for a minute and, you know, hopefully make both of our days a little bit better.
2: I will say real quickly, I will say that uh, at least 10 people did come up and say, thank you for doing the podcast and, thank you for the stories you're sharing that I get to see the inside and talk to these people or I get to know these people that I know names of on boxes, but not more than that. Or I know this publisher, but I don't know the stories behind this publisher, things like that. So there were at least 10 people that came up introduced themselves and said, thank you. So Josh, on behalf of those people, they also want to thank you too.
0: No, oh, i oh, thank you listeners. We appreciate that. If you're we're, the next cons that we're going to be at for me, at least I'm going to be at mega moose con and, uh, South Carolina, Richburg, South Carolina. i gonna be hanging out there, playtesting games, also just having a good time. And I'm planning on I might go to something in between that, but next big one is for me is PaxU. Andrew, are you going to any cons in the future?
2: There is a very small percentage chance I end up at Essen, so we'll see how that goes. And then I will be at uh, Madison Protospiel unless my game gets announced and comes out with some art, in which case I might end up at PAX Unplugged. So I'm going to be dabbling possibly in those three. At least one of those is going to happen.
0: Well, Voyagers, we hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining us as we celebrate the greatest weekend in gaming. As always, my name is Josh. And I'm Andrew. And this has been Tabletop Submarine.